Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining back in for another episode of the One Eye Podcast. I'm Dave Lavalvo, and today Cameron Staley and I, both ministers in the Church of Jesus Christ, will be discussing the name of the podcast and the meaning behind One Eye. But before we start, let me ask you a question. Have you found your true purpose in life? I'm not sure in today's day and age, things are much different than any other generation. There's always something to be pursuing, or things we as humans find to be the most valuable. And unfortunately, these things become what we perceive to be our purpose. But what really matters is that these things are tied into something spiritual. In this episode, Single in Purpose, we'll discuss the importance of making God's purpose our own. Okay, like I said in the intro, we're here today to discuss the name of the podcast, One Eye, and we had this little tagline after that, a focus on purpose. And I'm here with Cameron Staley, who is also a minister in the Church of Jesus Christ. But first, I wanted him to introduce himself a little bit. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here with you. It's, uh, this is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the first episode of the One Eye Podcast. And um, as you said, we're both ministers. I've had the uh, privilege of being a minister now for about three and a half years, which has uh, been a wonderful experience, a challenging experience, an opportunity to grow uh, spiritually, uh, naturally as a father, as a husband, uh, as a friend, pretty much in every aspect of my life. So uh, it's been a wonderful blessing and um, looking forward to our discussion today. We're going to get right into this because we don't want these podcasts to be too long. So the first thing we wanted to kind of explain is both of us felt like One Eye was the perfect name for the podcast. Um, And we based this on two different scriptures that we both really like. The first is Matthew 6.22. I'll read this out loud. Okay. Matthew 6.22 says this, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. And the second was Mosiah 18.21. I'll read that to you as well. And he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another. The common thread obviously there being the word I or single, the focus on what it is that we as people need to be focusing on in life. So the first question I wanted to ask Cameron is this what are your initial thoughts about this concept of having one eye well the first thing i thought of was it's an interesting phrase to begin with because when you think of an eye you think of at least i do i think of two eyes a set of eyes so more than one and the scriptures are both very clear about it being singular 
And, you know, from a metaphorical standpoint, I think that carries significance. It's very clear in both scriptures that um, it's about our purpose in life as spiritual beings being singular, which is sort of at war with what we are by nature uh, as human beings. So, you know, the words of Christ in Matthew 6.22 are very clear and um, filled with insight into how to get ourselves where he wants us to be. Um, That's kind of my initial thought when I hear the phrase one eye. Do you think having or the reference to the eye means what we actually see in our lives? In some sense, yeah. I, I, I do and I don't. I think it, it means more than that, though. I think uh, to start, you know, our eyes are often the first thing that of our senses that connects with something. If you're out somewhere, you're noticing things around you, probably first with your eyes um, and then with your other senses, maybe hearing as well. But And your eyes are drawn to so many different things. So I think it's it's kind of that initial way to experience something or to be attracted or distracted by something. Um, but it leads to somewhere else. So I, I, that's where I think that it goes beyond just what we see and what we might think it means uh, to have one eye. So that's really interesting because, you know, the scripture is full of evidence and information when it comes to the driving force behind us as people, as humans, that in in a sense, what it is that drives our behavior. If you'll just kind of go along with me here and, and let's look at chapter six of Matthew first and kind of look at the progression of ideas in this chapter that lead up to this verse. It's really interesting. And for all of you out there that are listening do the same thing. Open up the scripture so you can actually see this because the progression of information in this chapter is revealing to how important it is leading up to the 22nd verse where it talks about the eye or being single on purpose. And the first part of this chapter, um, what we find is focus on not being prideful. Uh, the hypocrisy of putting ourselves out in front of people wanting to be seen. And the warning against that and how important it is to be humble and not be prideful. That's the first part of this. Then the Lord teaches us how to pray. He delivers the Lord's Prayer. And then after that, he speaks of the scripture that we've read so many times about where our treasure should be. And I'm going to read that verse to you, Cameron. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then the next verse talks about this eye being single. It says the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. A couple verses later, it talks about not serving two masters. So the progression of this chapter leads us from don't be prideful, know how to pray, um, focus, make sure your focus and what it matters to you isn't what matters on earth. And then 
it says the light of the body is the eye. What do you make of that progression of the progression of ideas there, kind of culminating in this whole notion that you have to be single. Your eye needs to be single so your body can be full of light. What does that mean? Well, I think Christ lays it out pretty specifically. And when you put that context around it, I think the verse takes on a completely different meaning. You really nicely laid out how he talks about stripping ourselves of pride and not worrying about how we're seen and not doing things to be seen, and then teaches us in humility how to pray. And so it's almost like a a preparatory process for getting ourselves to a place where we can start to appreciate other things in life beyond what our eyes might initially be attracted to and get to our heart, you know, in which, you know, there's many scriptures that are, that are clear on what the heart means to our spiritual being and it being the core of who we are and what we are spiritually. And then the verse about laying up your treasures in heaven and not into the things of this earth. There's no coincidence that the next verse, like you said, is the light of the body is the eye and therefore thine eye be single. It's a how-to almost. And so it's, I think it's very much a process of sort of uh, how to remove, uh, remove pride, how to find humility by approaching the Lord, how to pray specifically, um, how to prepare our hearts uh, for a condition where they can be set on things that are heavenly and not earthly. And then once we get there, you know, we find ourselves in a position where we see things differently. We our focus shifts and it's singular and not two eyes, so to speak, or, or dual lenses, however you'd like to term it. It becomes much clearer. And I think that's when life starts to slow down for us. And we're able to prioritize and find perspective and be introspective on a more uh, regular basis. So let me back up to something you just said that piqued my interest. You know, when you connected this thing to your heart, could we say here? That the eye is the heart? I think it's possible. It's a direct channel to the heart. And I think what we let through our eye directly ends up in our heart. I mean, I totally agree. I don't think there's, to me, it's obvious that this verse follows the concept of the treasure where it says, lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth. And you know, what's interesting about this is, um, that verse that ties it all together, it says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. We all know what matters most to us. That's where our heart will be. If you're in love with somebody, your heart, you can feel your heart be full of joy and happiness, and you can feel it when it's torn apart and it hurts. It's a physical feeling. When you, when you get excited about something, you can feel it in your heart. When you um, dedicate your life to something, then I can relate to that when it comes to being a baseball coach or, you know, raising your kids or, uh, you know, uh, being a teacher and, and empowering my students. My heart is invested in these things. I love these things. I am, I am literally laying up these treasures. I mean, that's what I'm doing when I'm investing my heart in it. And the scripture bears evidence to that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I consider these things treasures. But the real question here is, are these things tied into a spiritual realm? I mean, the Lord says, anything you invest your 
time and your heart in that will decay, fall apart, or that someone can take from you, those things aren't worth it. So how do we differentiate between the things we care and love in this life and work so hard for and those things that we shouldn't set our heart upon that can be taken from us or be destroyed that don't matter? Are you asking how to blend the two? <laughs> can they be blended? I mean, I, how does this happen? How, how are we supposed to see this? Our eye needs to be single. We need to have one eye. So what is that one eye and that heart supposed to be set on? Well, the scripture is pretty clear in saying that they're supposed to be set on the things of heaven, not of earth. Now you can take that, you know, in the literal sense and say, well, is anything that we enjoy, the things you just pointed out, the things you're passionate about that you pour yourself into on a daily basis, are those things bad? And I would say absolutely not, because we have to look and examine what the byproduct of our effort is. In in your case, uh, teaching on a daily basis, you're investing in the lives of young people at a very formative and important critical stage in their lives. And you're trying to teach them not only the material for the the subjects that you teach, but life lessons and um, how to become good people and how to interact with each other. And at the end of the day, how to love. You may not be saying it out loud, but uh, I know that that's what you work into your teachings on a daily basis in, in some form or fashion. So is that a bad thing? No, absolutely not. The byproduct is a life that can be lived more fully and filled with purpose. You know, if I'm a teenager getting these lessons, they may not know it. And I certainly wouldn't have known it when I was a teenager. But when somebody else is investing that sort of time and effort, I look back on those people and think, man, the people that did that for me now as you know, a 38 year old person has left a lasting impact on my life. And I now appreciate what they were doing back then even though I might not have been aware. So I think it's, it's really about what is the output of, of the things that we put our time and effort into. We can go all day long and talk about things that leave us empty at the end of the day or are fun for a period of time, and they really had no meaning. But uh, I think what Jesus is talking about when he says, you know, lay your, set your heart upon the things that are in heaven and not the things of this earth, it's where you find value. And you find much greater value on those heavenly things, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's interesting, though, because you, you talked a lot about where I put my value in terms of teaching and what that does. But not everyone's a teacher. I mean, you're a financial advisor. I don't want to minimize what people do for a living because my feeling is that if the spiritual is intertwined, with how we live our lives, then our eye can be single through everything we do. And we can have one eye and one focus if we see everything through the lens of Christ. So it's really interesting if you flip over to the Messiah chapter, uh, and this is coming off of Elma, at the Waters of Mormon, basically establishing the church and baptizing these people, you know, it gets the first part of this is amazing. Everyone should read this, but if you have it with you, take it out. But when you get down to the 21st verse, 
Um, and he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith, one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and love one towards another. So this is a whole kind of an uh, interesting take because the last chapter we were discussing was the Lord instructing us to place our value in our hearts upon what matters, which is in his instruction, only that those things in a spiritual sense in heaven. And in this case, what's being said is, I'll read it again. These are people that were converted, looking forward with one eye, leaving behind essentially who they were, where they were coming from, what they were focused on, what mattered to them, what they held true, where their hearts were, and now moving forward with one eye. You made mention of having two eyes and, and those things earlier, but this is saying moving forward with one eye, one faith, one baptism. And then it, more interesting to me is what it says next when it, when it states, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another, which kind of brings us down this path of, of where your heart is again. And is it, the love towards people and what your intentions are that matters the most. Well, I think it's really well said. And, and I agree with you, you know, it, in looking at the scripture of Messiah, it takes it a step further than just where you lay your treasures up and the need for our eye to be single. It gives you tangible things in this life. Like to your point earlier about the things that we do, where we spend our time, where we put our efforts, having one faith, one baptism, and then having their hearts knit together in unity and love one towards another. That's an entirely different level, I think. One that as human beings, we probably struggle with and on a daily basis and have a hard time grasping the concept. But like you said, when our, when our lens or our, our sole focus, our singular focus is on giving God glory and our actions and all that we do, all that we say, all of our efforts on a daily basis, whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we're interacting with our family, talking to friends, or even doing things for fun, in some way finding way to give God glory and edify ourselves through spiritual means, you know, that brings our hearts, I think, closer to where God intended them to be. And it brings us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're able to look forward with one eye. We're able to get past things that might otherwise trip us up. Doesn't mean we won't have times of disagreement or um, difficulties, but it gives us the ability to move past because the, the greater focus is the glory of God, not on our, ourselves, our pride, the things that Christ talks about removing before we can find that focus. Here's my follow-up question to that. What are the challenges of this? I mean, it's easy to sit here and say, hey, everyone, focus on the Lord and your heart will be in the right place and your life will be perfect and your treasure will be in the right place and you'll be on the right path. And, you know, that's really easy to say, but we're human. I mean, we're, we're flesh and blood, which we know is enmity, which means hatred to God. We're living on this earth during this time of turmoil with what's happening now. It's easy to say these things. So what is it that causes people to be able to overcome um, the ease of saying it and actually do it, but also the other challenges of it? What do you think? Why is this so difficult for people? 
I think it's partially difficult because of what our eyes see. Um, we're always challenged with an alternative. You know, we're constantly having to make a decision on a daily basis, maybe a moment by moment basis sometimes. Um, even in the simplest things, you know, interactions with family or, you know, whatever. Right now we're all interacting more with our families than we probably do throughout a normal day because of the situation we find ourselves in. And it's easy to, to lose focus because of all the choices we're faced with. Right now, I think on a daily basis, faced with the choice of being fearful or trusting God, being um, focused or dwelling on the things that are, are difficult right now. And those are very real things. I mean, you know, there are people out there that are really dealing with difficult challenges right now, uh, job loss, health issues. Uh, discouragement, losing a loved one during a time like this. I, I mean, those are, those are very serious, serious things. And I don't want to minimize any of those things. The challenge for us is to do whatever we can to maintain a focus once we've got it and continue trusting in God that despite all of those things, we can remain singularly focused and have our hearts knit together. I feel like we're experience, experiencing that right now you know, through various means of communication. We're challenged, but we're persevering and we're reaching out to people. And, and really, I feel a great deal of empathy among people right now that are trying to understand what other people are feeling and then being encouraging and lifting up. And I think that's, that's what this, these two scriptures are talking about in being singular in our focus and having one eye and having our hearts knit together. Focusing on something you just said, Something about once you've had it or you've felt it. Now, for those of us that are followers of Christ and have been baptized, like like these uh, people at the Waters of Mormon, and we understand that through our baptism, what we're committing to is entering the fold of God and uh, being called by His name, and as in this scripture, bearing the burdens of one another and having a willingness to mourn for each other and standing in with, as witnesses of God and, and following the commandments. You know, when we put ourselves in that position and we felt the love of God because of our commitment to him through our baptism and our conversion, we understand at least in a minute way that there is something bigger and greater out there. And that when we focus on him, like we did when we converted, and we gave our life to him, we understood at that point in time that there is nothing better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And so maybe drawing on our past experiences and our relationship with the Lord helps us to focus more on laying up our treasure on him and not being easily uh, pushed off of that. Um, there's so many different scriptures that point to this and where we put our heart and where our focus should be. I mean, <laughs> that is the scripture, isn't it? You know, you talked a lot about the challenges, which are right on. Knowing the challenges doesn't make it any easier. Maybe no. what we need to focus in on is what we know in the Lord and what it is that can drive our behavior through our heart for him. It's a fascinating discussion, but what we wanted to do today is explain why we chose this name for our podcast. And, you know, you did a great job helping me out with that. Again, we believe that what the Lord wants from us 
is to make sure that we are focused on him and that our hearts and our minds and our entire being are driven by his spirit to do his will. And that behavior will help us to overcome all of these other things that might distract us or hold us back from our full potential in Christ. So thank you for your participation here. I want to end here by giving you the final word, so to speak. Well, I just thought of this as you were mentioning, even the phrase one eye, I think can be interpreted as seeing things the same way. And we can't do that naturally. I mean, as much, even if you and I totally agree on something, we'll have a slightly different perspective because you're you and I'm me. What I think the, the depth of this, these verses and the real meaning is seeing one way with our hearts. And if our eyes are set, our eye is set on the Lord, that's possible. Without that willingness to see things how the Lord wants us to see them, I think we'll always see things differently and our hearts won't be knit together. They might be close, but they won't be uh, in that spot that the Lord's talking about or the, the writer's talking about in the scripture of Messiah. And it's, it's interesting just the way it's phrased even, because I think it can lead one to believe that, well, we've got to agree on everything. We've got to see everything the same way. And I think that's unrealistic to ask human beings to do. It happens at moments, but we can find harmony and find unity and find consensus and find the real pure love of Christ if our hearts are set on the things that he wants them to be set on. You know, you said something when we were talking earlier, you said it comes down to what you love. And if we love the Lord above all else, like he commanded us to and love each other, I think it's a good start. Thank you for the real talk and the authentic conversation. Hopefully we'll keep this up. And for everyone out there, we thank you for being on with us today. We appreciate your interest in the podcast. And we'll see you again next week. God bless.